Turn with us to the Gospel of Luke. Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, verses 30 through 33. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall, shall give him unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Father, thank you. Thank you for your kingdom continuing to go and to grow. And Lord, we look forward to the day that we are seated around your throne. Praising your holy name and singing praises to the one who died for us. Lord, thank you for that blessing that's been ours thus far. And I know that you're going to continue to bless us because you said you would. So I pray that you'd speak to our hearts tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. I know this probably sounds like a Christmas message, but it's not. Um, when I think of Jesus, there's not a book in the Bible that doesn't mention him in some way, shape, form, or fashion. You'll find him on, in, in every book. All the Bible, of course, was inspired by God. And, uh, you know, God the Father is like us who are daddies. Hey, we want to brag on our young'uns. And so God was just uh, beginning to, to brag on his son. Jesus asked his disciples at one point, he said, uh, what's people saying about me? Who do they say I am? And then he asked the question, well, who do you say that I am? You know, that's a good question to ask people out in public. Who who you think Jesus is? You'd be surprised at the answers you get. I challenge you to do that this week. What does Jesus mean to you? Or who who is Jesus to you? You'll be shocked if you do it. Now do it to folk that you don't really know or in church. Now don't do it to the crowd that's in here. Do it to somebody else and see what they say. What does Jesus mean to you? Well, I asked the question, what can we know about Jesus? Verse 32 tells us that he shall be great, and he is. He shall be called the, the, called the son of the highest, and he is. The Lord God shall give him uh, the throne of his father, and he is. And he's going to reign over the house of Jacob and all those that fall under that line. He's promised to be there uh, and to bless. So we think about, what can we know about Jesus? There's a few little things I want to share with you tonight. What, what can we know about him? I know this for a fact. He is a loving Jesus. He's a loving Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave Jesus. It was out of the heart of God's love that, that fed into the heart of Jesus' love for us to go to that cross and to lay his life down for each and every one of us. He loved us when we were unlovable. The Bible talks about when I was a rotten, no good sinner. Christ died for me just in the nick of time. That's the love of God. And he wants us to love one another. You know, that's another thing. Now listen carefully. If you can't love those around you who you know and you see and you talk with, 
If you can't love them, my friend, you don't love God. That's the bottom line. You don't love God because you've never seen God. Jesus said to pray for them who despitefully use you. Pray for your enemies. He don't say blaspheme your enemies, run over your enemies, threaten their life. He he doesn't say anything about that. But he tells us to love our enemies. Love one another because God is of love. If we don't, Love our brother and sister in the Lord. It's the bottom line. We don't love God. Second thing, what can we know about him? Not only is he a loving Jesus, but second of all, he's a listening Jesus. Uh, you know, he, he's just like his father. He's just like his daddy in heaven where he's seated on the right side. Hey, he never dozes, never slumbers, never sleeps. He's on call all the time. Now, I don't have no a smartphone. I don't know when I might get one. I've been threatened, but I haven't took the dare yet. But what would it be if you could text God? Hello? What do you think would come back? He's a listening God. I understand that. I certainly do. But people rely on these phones so much. What would it be to text him? No, Bill, you don't, you don't have to. He's open 24-7. His phone number is Jeremiah 33-3. He said, call on me if you don't believe in me. Call on me. I'll answer you. I will answer you. And I will show you great and mighty things that you haven't even thought about. Um, he listens to those who ask for forgiveness. He listens to those who, who ask to be saved. He listens. He's waiting, and he, he promises to never leave us nor forsake us. That's what kind of listening, loving God he is. Uh, you know, we would listen also if we knew it was God speaking, okay? But there are many voices today that's crying out for us. Come on my side, come on my side. I'm, I'm thinking about the circuses or the fair. Uh, you know, it hasn't been in years. But all these guys who have all these things set up where you can win these big teddy bears. Come here, my friend, let me, come here, let me, friend, just come here and try this and that. The Bergen guy. One of my high school classmates and one of my friends that, Buddied together about every day, went to the Anderson County Fair one night. Hey, I didn't trust them things. I couldn't do it no how. Didn't have a lot of money anyway. But I watched him one night throw everything he had completely away, and he began to cry and begging that man for something to take home. You know, that's the way the world is. They beg us to come on their side. And the devil, listen, if we turn our back on the Lord, the devil will cause us to go further than we ever intended on going. He'll cause us to spend more than we ever intended on spending, and he'll cause us to stay longer than we ever intended on staying. Jesus is a listening person. He wants to hear from his children. Uh, You know, a lot of days, not a lot of days, some days, Lynn will say, have you heard from the boys today? 
You know, sometimes I do that too. Have you heard from the boys today? You want to hear from them. And, uh, you know, hey, they sell me, Daddy, you call me anytime. If I can't answer the phone, I won't answer it, but I'll call you back. Uh, he's, a, he's a listening Jesus. He's a loving Jesus. But he's also, according to the scripture, he is a lifting. He is a lifting Jesus. Um, in Mark 9, 27, uh, Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up. This man uh, was filled with demons. And Jesus cast all those things out of there. And you know, I think about that farmer that had all them hogs that the devils went into. And the Bible says they ran down the hill and into the ocean and were drowned. Wonder what happened to that farmer. Wonder what he did. You know, it's amazing the way God does things and his timing and, and when he does things. And, and, you know, rightfully so, sometimes we say, Lord, I, I don't understand this. Can you help me? His hand is extended in every direction. He meets needs. He, he weeps with us. The Bible says he does. He weeps with us. He rejoices with us. He knows how we feel. You know, that's the thing about uh, a lift in Jesus. Peter was sinking when he was walking on the water. He just said, Lord, save me. Jesus said, no, I'm not going to do it. You've been a smart addict. You just go ahead and drown. Nope. Save me, Lord. He reached and caught a hold to him. And I like to thank this, that Jesus got Peter by the hand. Peter didn't latch on to Jesus' hand, Okay. Bible says no man can take you out of God's hand. A man said to me one time, but you can take yourself out. Uh-uh, no, you cannot. And if you think you can, you go right ahead and you're fixing to ask for a buggy whipping, as my daddy used to say. Because he loves every son that he has, and he will chasten every son whom he loves when we get out of line. He is a lifting up Jesus, and he wants to, to lift us up so we, listen, so we can lift others up. You know, I have that responsibility. Jesus has lifted me out of a many thing, and it's my place to help people be lifted out of what they are in and encourage them to come on and let's go. Um, he wants to, to do likewise for those in need. Um, lift up the fallen. We sing that in a song. Encourage the discourage. Do all we can to draw people to become closer to God. Um, you know, I use this when I counsel a couple uh, to get married or whatever, if they're having marital trouble. Um, I say, we got a triangle here. God's at the top. You got the husband here and the wife here. And only stands the reason the closer either one of you are to God the closer you're going to be together. And if you turn that over, it becomes a wedge. That's where the devil fits in. He wants to drive a wedge between couples. But we, ha we can't let him. We've got to allow uh, God to work in our life, work through these things. You can't throw them away. You've got to work through them. Because Jesus is a loving uh, God. And Jesus is a listening and he's a, a lifting. But he's also, what can we know about him? He's a liberating Jesus. He will set us free. 
If the Son therefore shall make you free, the Bible says you will be free indeed. And that's John 8, 36. You see, uh, we are set free from the bondage of sin the moment we accept Jesus as our Savior. I didn't say we wouldn't sin anymore, but to be hung on it to where we can't get away from it. You know, many times I, I would tell my dad, hey, I'm sorry. That's okay. I'm sorry. Well, you know, how many times can we say I'm sorry and it still go? As many times as necessary to my heavenly father. He knows if we're serious or not. That's the thing. He knows if we're serious. When we say, God, I am sorry, he knows if we're serious or not. Um, we're set free when we accept Christ as our Savior and our Lord. And uh, we're cleansed from resentment, rebellion, and wrath. We're cleansed of that. We're washed, and we're washed by the blood of Jesus. Um, the Bible says, do not be entangled with the things of this world, but be yoked together with Jesus. Um, a yoke is what held oxen together so that they would work together. Uh, mules, horses, they yoke together so they will work together because two is better than one. A husband and wife working together on their marriage is better than one trying to work on it because that don't get it. You've got to have both working on it. And when I think about that, I think about a liberating Jesus. We should witness to others about what God has done for us. You know, not everybody's been through what somebody else has been through. But there's always somebody who has been through what you and I have been through and that we can help because Here's how we got through this. And it's important. It's necessary that we share about a liberating Jesus. He will set us free. Last of all, he's a living Jesus. I love that one probably the best of all. I serve a living Savior. He's in the world today. And he's making his presence known through you and me. You realize tomorrow our hands, our feet, our eyes, our ears, our mouth, our tongue, hopefully as Christians will be used to glorify the Father in heaven, to lift up the name of Jesus and let people know that he's alive. And John 14, 19 says, because I live, you're going to live also. What if Jesus hadn't arose from the grave? There would be multiplied millions that would go to the tomb to visit the tomb of Jesus. But they can go, even today. But it's empty. It don't have Jesus in it. I don't know that it is empty, but it don't have Jesus in it. I'm so thankful that when Mary and those other ladies and the disciple boys went, and they discovered, hey, he is not here. And the gardener said, hey, I know who you're looking for. You're looking for Jesus. He's not here. He's risen. I like this part too. Just as he said. You know, I take him at his word. He says he's going to come back. I'm looking for him to come back because he is alive and well. And he has overcome everything that is unimaginable today. Jesus, the Bible says in Revelation, he's alive forevermore. He arose victorious over death, hell, and the grave. And he's got the keys to it also. He, hey, he is fully 
in control and in charge. Uh, I won't ask Caleb. To, uh, if you have your Bibles, you want to turn to Hebrews um, 12, 1. I'll read when I hear pages quit rattling. Hebrews 12, 1. It's over in the book somewhere. Just keep running. Hebrews 12, 1. The writer says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. I don't know who those cloud of witnesses are. I've heard it said before that it's those that have gone on before us. I don't know who they are, but people are watching. A great cloud of witnesses are watching. So therefore, let us lay aside everything that hinders us from following Jesus. Everything that causes us to stumble, everything that causes us to make a wrong choice. He said, just lay it aside. Lay it aside and Jesus will take over there. Um, Because he lives, we may live also. All who confess and forsake their sins are assured of eternal life. All right? And last of all, he's a longing Jesus. What do you need today? What what do I need today? From this loving, listening, lifting, liberating, living Jesus, we find one who longs to be a part of our life. He wants to invade our life. Invade it to the point that, hey, I'm like a puppet on a string, okay? Wherever he says, I'll go. Whatever he says, say, I'll say. I'll do whatever he asks me. Lord, you can count on me. I'm a soldier of the cross. I'm under your command. I wish I could say that all the time, 100%. But the devil sees to it that it don't always happen. The Bible says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Now, what does it say about the lost crowd? Listen. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the righteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. It doesn't matter what we've done. He will forgive. I'm grateful for that. I'm thinking, you know, hey, what a wonderful Savior Jesus is. One that will never leave us. One that will never forsake us, no matter where we are. I think of Jonah. The Bible says he went into the depths of the deep ocean in that whale. You believe that? Certainly I do. The Bible says he did. And Lord, confessing that he was doing while he was down below. And the Lord delivered him. I think of Paul, who was Saul, who, who did all kind of stuff to Christians and then for God to turn him around. I've heard people say, well, if he can save me, he can save anybody. 
If he can call me, he can call anybody. So the thing is, you know, what, do, what can we know about Jesus? We can know that he is alive tonight and he is well. He wants to invade our life. And when he invades our life, we ought to infect somebody with him. Right? We ought to tell it. Wherever we go tomorrow, ask somebody, hey, what do you think of Christ? What do you think of him? What does it mean to you? Is he a part of your life? You know, those simple questions, three and four levels. What, what do you think of Christ? What's he mean to you? I thank you so much for your presence on Sunday evening. Uh, I guess it's more of a teaching than it is preaching, but I'm thankful that we have the word of God to look to for our answers, uh, to cling to when things don't look well. And he's promised to never leave us and nor forsake us. Father, thank you for the evening. Thank you for those who've gathered here. Thank you for their faith. Thank you for their faithfulness. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts tonight. I pray that you would just be with us as we leave this place. And may we be able to say it's been good to have been in your house with your children. And Lord, we just want to thank you and praise you for all you're going to do. We're facing a new week. We meet by next time, Lord, after Wednesday, it'll be March. Lord, I pray that you'd help us be prepared and ready to march for you with our revival meetings in, in March. Just speak to us now, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray, amen.